Blog Talk Radio. Hey, I'm Jared Padalecki. And this is Jensen Ackles. And you're listening to Winchester Radio. Hi, everyone. Uh, welcome to Winchester Radio. Uh, goodness gracious. I'm so excited about this episode to talk about it. I, I don't even know where to begin. Um, it's called Don't Call Me Shirley. It was written by Robbie Thompson and directed by Robert Singer. It's episode 20 out of 23, and this was such a such a huge episode. Um, Becky actually tweeted during it that it felt like a season finale, or actually right after she tweeted that, and, and it does. I don't even know how we're, how we're going to keep going through three more episodes after this episode. And we'll talk about it later, but it actually turned out to be Robbie Thompson's Swan song. He is leaving Supernatural. Um, but uh, a way to go out on one hell of a note, I, I have to say, because overall it was an incredible episode. It did so much, and it revealed so much and discussed so much, and it took chances like crazy. And uh, it made a decision. Fans wondered, I think, Whatever happened, some didn't want it to happen, some did. Some were probably like, okay, either way. And, of course, that's the decision to specifically and definitely, beyond a shadow of a doubt, name Chuck Shirley as God. And it's it's taken six seasons to get there. It's the end of the sixth season and I'm okay. I think it would not have been as good to do this back in season maybe five-ish, six or seven. No, it was not the right time. wasn't the right place. Um, but, yeah, they didn't rush into it. Um, we've talked before about some things that's better, kind of like the shark and jaws. If you don't see it, it's scarier or it's open to more interpretation and all that. But this show's never been like that for me. Um, yeah, sometimes they leave things open, but a lot of times they don't ever quite forget about them. And this was certainly, I think, too big a deal. And there's still, fans are still asking questions so many seasons later. It was still an important issue. Glad they made the decision. Sometimes you go for it. And sometimes it doesn't always work out. <laughs> Not everybody's going to love it. But they can't say you didn't take a chance and you didn't try and you didn't go for it. So for that, um, go supernatural. It's it's something I've always loved about it. It's back when the Eric Kripke made the decision to bring angels on. Again, you know, some big fans weren't thrilled, but there it is. It's on your show. And, you know, you you like it. You deal with it. It's not, if it's something you're not big on, well, you know, you make your own decision about whether or not you hang in there. Maybe things change again and you like it again. Who knows? But anyway, um, the other huge reveal on this episode, which I, I think means even more to me and maybe to, to some other fans, is that we finally got an answer about the amulet. Dean's amulet that was a Christmas present from Sam when they were kids. And the last we saw, Dean dumped it in the trash. And that was back in this episode. And we got more information about the fact that it wasn't just a necklace. It was it was something that could reveal the presence of God. <laughs> so we found out that God being God could 
turn it on and off if you wanted to, which I thought was interesting. And it's probably going to annoy the no cast to no end when he finds out about that because he spent all that time searching. And God was probably watching him search and said, nope, just don't feel like turning it on because, as we know, God checked out several seasons ago. And he discusses that in this episode as well, um, where he's been, what he's been doing, didn't really feel like coming back. And until, incredibly, Metatron changes his mind. He's another revelation. You know, last we saw he was the pariah of heaven, hated, no longer an angel, a plain old human, had done terrible, terrible things. I just I couldn't stand him. Um, sometimes he was too cartoony as a villain, but then he got back to being a good villain, and I still didn't like him because of the awful things he did. Well, by the end of this episode, I could actually understand and sympathize with him, and you've got to be grateful because I think he was the one that managed to change God's mind about uh, helping helping out with Amara and Sam and Dean at the end. Um, just for a second, a little podcast stuff. Um, as always, Becky and I um, are going to talk about the episode for a little while, and then we'll um, um, put out the guest call-in number if anybody uh, wants to chat or has questions or thoughts on this episode, and I bet you do. <laughs> but Becky and I are just going to talk back and forth right now. I say that because somebody's holding you. If you don't want to hold, um, you can hang up and call back later, or you can just keep holding. <laughs> That's okay. Um Wait, so Becky, what, what do you want to talk about first? Do you want to talk about God? Do you want to talk about the amulet? Do you want to talk about Metatron? Where should we begin? Becky? Can Hello? you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Oh, now I can. Now I can. Yes. Okay, okay. Yes. <laughs> I don't know what happened. I was here. like, oh, okay. no. Where'd she go? <laughs> Don't don't leave me. I want to I want to start off with Metatron because mm-hmm. to me the very first scene he's in showed that he had changed a lot since he's become a human because he's starving, digging through trash for food. He finds a a pretty decent piece of a pastrami sandwich. His little dog asks, begs him for the food, and instead of keeping it for himself, which the Metatron that we all know would do. He gave it to the dog, and mm-hmm. he smiled. He, this, this gentle smile on his face as the dog was eating. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, my, he's, he's changed completely. That, to me, was mm-hmm. right off the bat. You know, we knew mm-hmm. since Metatron became a human, yeah, he's changed because he didn't have compassion before, and mm-hmm. compassion for the little dog was a huge. And yes. I, I got it out. I got to say, not many, I don't think there's ever, I'm going to say this right, there's never been an episode where I'd be like, no, no, I don't want to see Sam and Dean right now. Go back to the other story. There's never been a story like an episode. I always prefer the Sam and Dean parts of the episode, always. But this episode was one I was like, uh, I love you, Sam and Dean, but I want to go back to Chuck and Metatron. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, Curtis Armstrong and Rob Benedict, they, I mean, 
I've seen both of them in a lot of things through the years, and I think this is the best thing they've ever done. They were just mm. fantastic, and we all know Rob as the goofy. You know, he, you know, Chuck, mm-hmm. Chuck Shirley was you know kind of goofy and nerdy, and most of Rob's things that he's in is kind of that same char- same kind of character. But oh, who knew that he could get scary? Because he, mm-hmm. you know. When he showed yeah. the wrathful side of God, I was like, "Wow, that! Oh, he was—he was good. And he was I amazing. Just, oh, I just can't say enough about how great they were. Yes, and like you said, I was—I was so impressed that because, like you said, we we got very used to Chuck Shirley being you know, kind of, you know, wandering around in his ratty robe and boxer shorts and writing, but always, like, his writing was never quite up to what he hoped, and then he turned out to be a prophet of the Lord, and he was actually kind of a scared <laughs> prophet of the Lord, a very nervous one, and and nothing like that. But in this episode, when he's, when he's scary and he hears about Amara, and then he throws, you know, Metatron through the door. Yeah, he, yeah, I was, I, I was, I was scared, and I was very impressed that Rob Benedict was scaring me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because he's not mm-hmm. much taller than me, and I'm short. <laughs> I'm five two, <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, I've had photo ops with him before, and he's not that much taller than me, and you know. He's always just this cute, adorable, sweet guy. And mm-hmm. for him to be creepy like he was, yeah, he's an amazing actor. Yes. He was wonderful. And and Curtis Armstrong, um, always a wonderful actor. Oh, he broke, but he had yeah, he, tons of heartbreaking. He had tons of dialogue. Yes. He had tons of dialogue in this episode. And a I don't know if I can quite on my fir- I, my first viewing, I was a little bit like like it was so much going on with with Chuck and Metatron, and I was like okay, I was a little bit like I usually am okay, but we're Sam Dean. And when I watched it the second time, like you know you're not, you, you like you know what's going to happen, so you're not thinking like what's going on, what's happening, trying to concentrate, trying to listen. You've already done that, so you can just really just right. relax and really listen. And mm-hmm. I mean, I was loving every part, like back and forth. It was just beautiful, and the dialogue and what they put into it. And oh, I was just, I was just so impressed. And and Metatron went from, you know, every emotion, you know, in this episode, everything. And I was super impressed with him because he was he was sad and tragic um he had humor um he was um assertive heartbroken very heartbroken and disappointed and despair and yet he didn't let it stop him from saying what he what god needed to hear and and even after god tossed him around and he's like yeah i i deserve that you know and i was pretty terrible but you know, um, but he but he tells him anyway, and he just oh, I I was so impressed, I was so impressed. And then when he finds out that he wasn't chosen by God, 
and then to still not totally fall apart and wallow it because the old Metatron would have done that. It would have been all about him. Mm-hmm. But in here, right. he says, you know, you know, it doesn't matter, like, why you chose me. I happen to be the angel closest to the door. Oh, my God, that had to be really hard to hear. And he said, it doesn't matter. Right. You still chose me. You still chose me. I was still in the presence of God, and and I still felt it. And then when you were gone, it was horrible, you know. So, yeah, it was you know, because Metatron, you know, he's, that was his main claim to, you know, that's, first of all, that's what everybody knows Metatron as, even in the Bible, you know, the real Bible. You know, he's the scribe. And so, and we've heard him through the years since season eight when he first came on the show. You know, yeah, he knew, you know, he was besties with God. God and him were close, you know. He worked with God. He made God laugh twice, you know, and, mm-hmm. you know, just, and then to find out that, God didn't think of him as special, you know, that, yeah, mm. that, would, that would have to be devastating. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've mentioned this, um, I think the, uh, was it Safe House, maybe? Um, that my favorite episodes this season have been Robbie Thompson episodes. And this right there, he, he's, you know, he's mm-hmm. hit another, hit another home run. All of mm-hmm. my favorite episodes this season have been Robbie Thompson episodes, and mm. he um, he's leaving the show. He's not going to be writing for Supernatural anymore, and I, you know, I'm going to be sad to see him go. You know, he's written a lot of episodes since he first came on back in season seven, and I counted, I looked through his list, and seven of the, I forget how many there were, but I know that there were seven that I would count in my favorite list. I mean, he's just. Mm-hmm. A great writer, and yeah, I'll, I'll you know I think the show will yeah we'll miss him you know I hate to see him mm-hmm. but to be There's your last some... episode for somebody this is an excellent episode to be your last one. Oh yeah, it was quite it was quite the swan song, and he got some really like he got a really important episode to write like a really important assignment you know to deal with. God and the amulet and Metatron and everything else, and he just really handled it well, and no no character suffered, no part of the episode suffered, like from lack of attention or space or time or anything like that. Um, yeah, he's been great this season. You mentioned earlier in uh, um, podcast season <laughs> that Robbie had spent much less time on Twitter and had it made a difference in his writing. And maybe it did, because it's a little bit like like Chuck, God, says in this episode, says when you write, you write, or actually Metatron tells Chuck, you have to write for yourself. You have to write for an audience of one, because you can't please everybody. So you cannot write for everybody. And it it sounds a little bit like maybe Robbie thought that to himself, like, you know, because he was very fan interactive and he used to tweet and, and have conversations and explanations or whatever and tweets about episodes. He didn't do that this season. Um, I mean, he popped in and out. But I think I think his episodes were the better for him to just writing what he needed to with his with yeah, the script. Yeah, I agree. And, and and hit the other writers in the writer's room and, and of course, the showrunner and producer, anybody who has a, a Jeremy Carver, anybody who has a um, – who takes pass on the script or has thoughts on an opinion, however, you know, because it's a process going through 
you know, script when it starts as a pitch, you know, as an idea, and then going to a finished one, there it says it may say Robbie Thompson on it, but there's a lot of people who have um, uh, perfectly legitimate things to say and and decisions to make about it before it actually gets on the screen. So, um, yeah, I really think it helped. Um, I'm looking on IMDb, and he wrote a total of 18 episodes over about five years. And, yes, there are many on that list that I, I really love. There's some that were a miss for me. Bitten, no thanks. <laughs> and it's I, one I, of my I, favorites. I know, yeah, I know fandom, okay. <laughs> uh, fandom overall doesn't like it, but oh, I love Bitten mm. so much. Mm. No, but, I, but at the time I remember talking about, it. well, it took a chance. You know, it was something different, and it took a chance, and that that I can um, applaud. But yeah, um, he gave fandom a, a favorite character. Not everybody's, of course, but Charlie certainly made her mark, and she was in several episodes. So, and I did like a couple of her episodes for sure. Not all of them, but a couple definitely. Um, like I liked Girl with the Dungeons and Dragons tattoo. I enjoyed LARP and the Real Girl. Um, I liked. I thought Slash Fiction was wonderful. That's one of my favorites of all yes, time. I love Slash Fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this season, all four, all four of them were fantastic for me. I loved every single one of them. So. No, we wish Robbie I well. wanted to uh, I wanted to give a shout out real quick to um the actress um Sonja Bennett or Sonia maybe. I'm not sure if the J might be silent for her. Um but she played the deputy Jan Harris. She mm-hmm. is the only actress on Supernatural to have gotten both the Croatoan virus and the death fog <laughs> disease. <laughs> she was back in season two, Croatoan, and she was infected there. She was immersed and she attacked Sam. And then here in this episode, she gets the death fog disease, but has a happy ending yeah. for her in this one. Unlike Croatoan, she does come back to life at the end of this one. So <laughs> it all worked out good for her in this. But I thought that was so neat that they, you know, she, they brought in the same actress that had, that was incredible. Mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty cool. It is cool, and that reminds me, there were there were occasional tweets and opinions saying that this episode reminded people in a negative way that it was too much like Croatoan or it was too much like Justin Bellow, you know, because of the virus and Dean not wanting to leave Sam, and and they were um, barricaded in the police station, blah blah blah, and I'm like. I love those two episodes. Why would I have a problem if it reminded me of them? <laughs> right. I'm the same. Those are two of my very, very favorite episodes. So, uh, honestly, whenever any show any show that I watch, whenever they do callbacks to previous episodes, I'm in heaven because I, mm-hmm. I love that. I love that they remember their history. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, just, I just love it. And so, yeah, do a callback for any – season one through five episode that you want. I'm all for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and just just in general, there's been plenty of episodes written by many different writers there. Dean's not leaving Sam. 
he's not. <laughs> if something happens, well, yeah. he did once. And I, you know, in that scene where he tells he tells Sam towards the end, Sam has has bre- unfortunately it's it's the duct tape failed, <laughs> and the fog is coming in the police station. Sam breathes it and starts to get the the fog disease all over again. And that's such an amazing scene to me. I just love everything about it. When when Sam's getting sicker and he's trying to get Dean to leave, so he will he'll be okay and Sam won't hurt him and Dean's like, I'm never leaving you. Ever. And in my mind I hear Dean say, I'm never leaving you again because when he left him last time, you know, the the kid camping had become a werewolf and killed Sam or so he thought. And I'm like, well, last time he left him alone, you know, like that, and, and something was wrong. Uh, you know, he, terrible things happened, so he's not leaving again. And what what also killed me and probably pretty much most of fandom is that when Dean realizes the smoke is coming and the fog is coming in, there's nothing to do. Sam is getting worse and worse. The people in the outside where they've barricaded their door, he doesn't hear them anymore, which means they're they're dead or dying. So he knows Sam isn't too far behind, and he takes a deep breath of the fog, so he'll get the disease and die with Sam. And that's just oh, yeah. killer, killer. And it doesn't work. And it's, God hasn't had any effect yet. So, And he was breathing the fog right along with Sam. So I think he was immune, right? Right, and like Amar- Amara sent that message, through the deputy, you know, saying that he mm-hmm. was he was not going to die, even when she ends the world, Dean will still be there. So, right. you know, she's based she you know she's keeping Dean alive because she she I don't whether she thinks of him as her pet or she's just her favorite, you know, don't know, but <laughs> yes. Yeah. And it, it was again similar to Croatoan, whereas you know we found out Sam was immune to the Croatoan virus. And Dean is immune to the death fog disease, so yeah, and yeah. it makes sense because because we've seen Amara save Dean, and sometimes therefore Dean's brother or other person there, uh, someone that he cared about, just because he cared about them. Um, and I'm guessing it also has to do, of course, with the mark of Cain. They're still connected because of that. Right, connect that their connection, right? Mm-hmm. So and another yeah, heartbreaking I, I, thing mm-hmm. um, with the death fog disease, how it made people say their biggest insecurities. And right. Sam says, "You know, you're going to choose Amara over me." But then he says, "I'm sorry, I didn't mean that." Immediately, he says it right after, and I'm like, "Oh." Even, yeah. even dying, even dying, he's trying to make sure he doesn't hurt Dean. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. He says, you'll choose Amara over me, over everything. And Dean says, never. And then Sam says, we were never going to make it. And Dean says, there's no quitting here. There's, a, there's an underlying theme here of always keep fighting. Which is yeah. really cool, yeah, really cool. It's subtle, but it's there, and it's it's really cool. And it's um, it's also something Metatron says too. You know, the humans never give up. He tells God, and that's the same thing. Always keep fighting. And then anyway, then Dean says, 
no, I'm not leaving you ever. And and then Sam gets worse and worse and worse. And then um, uh, Dean says to him, no, 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 I'm right here. I'm right here, which reminds me of the end of Swan Song when he tells Sam, you mm-hmm. know, who's almost beaten him to death. He says, I'm not leaving you. I'm not leaving you, which is just killer. And again, call back to Swan Song. I love Swan Song. Go ahead. Oh, call me back to it. <laughs> it's okay. Now, I have a question for you. In the middle of that scene, and and Dean is so frustrated and, and devastated that Sam's going to die in his arms probably, and there's nothing he can do about it. And he screams in anger, and he, said, and he looks up, and he says, stop this. He says, you hear me, you dick. And is he, is he talking to God or Amara? I think he's talking to God. Because okay. the first time I watched it, I thought Amara, but why would he be calling Amara a dick? You know, mm. he would call her a bit. He would call her a bitch. Right. And so I'm. I think I'm pretty sure it was God. And since you know we have God in this episode, you know it wouldn't make sense. You know, mm. even though we haven't seen Dean talk to God in a long time, you know. Mhm. Well, at that point, Dean would be asking for help from anywhere. You know, it, it doesn't matter right, how right. he feels. He'd be asking for help from anywhere. And also mm-hmm. he's, before that, he, again, he's like, he's like got hold of Sam and he's, you know, he's, he's grabbing his jacket. He's, he's got his hand on his leg. He's, and he's just desperate to try to do something for him. And Sam's getting worse. And you see him look up. And when I saw that, I thought, it looks like he's praying. You know, it's like, again, trying anything, you know, mm-hmm. for Sam. So, yeah, it makes sense that he's angry. He's angry at God. It's, I, it's, it's sort of a spoiler, but not really, because this, this, this episode ended on a very open note that you can just, you've got to assume that it's just going to pick up pretty much where it left off. And that's, what, of course, with Sam and Dean seeing Chuck in the middle of the street and he says, you know, I, I think we need to talk. <laughs> I'm thinking, oh boy, do you? And so you've got to think Dean's going to have a conversation with Chuck and, you know, he's he's never had the faith Sam has. He's never had the reverence maybe, so I think his conversation with Chuck is going to be pretty plain. It's going to be a lot like Metatron. You know, he's not going to hold back too much. He's going to have Play right. say so. Um, following following with that, go ahead. Jensen has said at conventions, this one and one in the one he's at this weekend and one in the past that in that episode he cries, and mm-hmm. so I'm guessing it has to do. It probably is with his. I'm just guessing it's probably with this conversation with Chuck. Mm-hmm. Well, yes, he's he's mentioned before, and we've talked about it that he was that in this ep- in a particular scene, in an upcoming episode, he was very vague. You know, a few weeks ago when he was at conventions, and he said he got unexpectedly emotional during a particular scene. He even asked for his coverage to be done first because it was going to take a lot. The scene was going to take a lot out of him, and we didn't know. We were guessing on the podcast, and I said, well, maybe it was this episode, the one that just happened, and God, and it seemed pretty intense, so we thought maybe that that would take place in this episode. It obviously did, did not. Um, I mean, 
Dean does get very upset over Sam, but he's but he's cured pretty quickly. So it's not. And um, Jensen talks at Asylum, the convention this weekend, about that. And he says that the writing for that scene with with Chuck is very. He said he, he he approached it in several different ways, and he said he was kind of even surprised himself, but he made a different choice, and in those scenes, and the writers even said to him, "We're surprised that you made that choice." I guess, and and if it, and I had, at this point, I I really have absolutely no idea, but if it's a scene where they maybe had thought, or maybe even Jensen had thought when he first read his script that he would get angry at Chuck, but maybe he doesn't. Maybe he gets unexpectedly emotional and cries, and he would maybe thinking that was going to be the last thing Dean would be doing. Dean would be angry, you know, or yelling or whatever, but he went in a completely different direction for it, but apparently it worked, and I, I can't wait to see it. You know, I can't wait till the next episode, you know. So many yeah, things. me too. I know. And we also got um, a couple questions answered about the return of the amulet because it was a question after the episode. Because um, at the beginning of the episode, we see Chuck holding up the amulet. He goes, uh, because Metatron mentions it, he goes, you know, that, that silly charm that, you know, and Dean uh, had, you know, he supposedly, and then Cass had it and they were searching for you and, and, and God, Chuck's like, oh yeah, I can, I can turn that off, <laughs> you know? And I was like, and he takes it out and he goes, oh, you mean this? And he holds up the animal and he goes, ah, he goes, I can turn it off. And he does. And you see it, it um, go and then go off again. And, and then oh, he was so bad. He said, you'll never believe where it's been all this time. It, and then he gets interrupted. <laughs> and we, I was like, I can't believe it, you know, at the time in the episode, I said he was about to say where it was, and then he didn't, and I was like, I can't believe it, he he, he did that, and the first time he, he brings out the amulet, and again, later on, too, like, people said they were screaming, I said, I didn't, I was speechless, my hands just went over my mouth, and I just sat there, so I was like, <gasps> and I just put my hands over my mouth, I just sat there and stared, I just couldn't believe there it was that they maybe they were finally going to deal with it and of course at the end of the episode um sam's just about gone and then his jacket pocket starts glowing and it's the amulet and dean takes it out and see see if you think the same way i was thinking dean looks surprised to see the amulet surprised to find it in in um Sam's pocket and he looks confused because of course he remembers the last time he saw it it was in a trash can in a motel room and when he looks at Sam it's like 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 what you know where where did this come from just for an instant to me Sam's expression was like he was caught like yeah like a little bit like bashful like oh okay didn't it seem that way to you like oh Oh, you saw it. Okay. Yep. And I really wonder, you know, God's God, so he can, you know, if Sam has kept that within this whole time, which Jensen did confirm today at at Asylum that Sam has had it the whole time, 
you know, mm-hmm. God is God. He can He can do anything. He could have got it out of the pocket to show Metatron and put it back. Mm-hmm. But I think the fact that the jacket Sam was wearing, we haven't seen Sam wear that jacket in a while, and it's an older jacket that Sam has worn since the first season. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's that old that old tan jacket. So I'm wondering. I, I I haven't went back to watch that scene in Dark Side of the Moon where he Dean throws it in the trash can. But was Sam wearing that coat in that episode? I wonder. Oh. And it's been in that pocket the whole time. And I, oh. you know, I would like. I it. it it's uh, it's probably it's easy to check. I'm probably completely one hundred percent wrong. Mm-hmm. But the fact that it is the older jacket that he wore mm-hmm. he's worn since the first season makes me think they chose it on purpose. I I wonder, you know, because sometimes you think, you know, they've done a lot of episodes and that's a lot of detail and a lot of departments and a lot going on, so that would really be a pretty amazing thing that they thought to go all the way back to that episode and that jacket. I think it would be awesome and who knows? But we'll have to go back and look. But I, like you said, Jensen Jensen confirmed, and I think so did Jared. Both of them confirmed that Sam has had the amulet all the time. What's interesting is that Jim Michaels tweeted after the episode that God put it in Sam's pocket. Now, that's all he said, so maybe maybe I missed, like, a different tweet or whatever. But that's different than... Sam and Dean, uh, Jared and Jensen, saying that that Sam has had it all this time. Technically, and he's that, like, still cor- technically he's still correct though, because God yeah, had it. That's true. And then God mm-hmm. had to put it back. So technically, Jim Michaels is still correct. I kind of wondered, and I thought, well, I'm sure, and it was dis- discussed because Jensen also says. <laughs> Jensen, as as we know, has a love hate relationship with the amulet because. You know, he loves it because, you know, it means something to, to Dean and it's part of who Dean is and it's from Sam and all of those kind of character things. But but if, <laughs> in in real life, it was really hard on Jensen to wear because it's very heavy and metal and it would, like, hit him in the face and hit him in the teeth when he was fighting and running and he just did not like wearing it. And I don't blame him, but he he went to Bob Singer in afterward, I think, or during the episode, and he says, am I going to have to start wearing this again? And Bob kind of said, well, I don't know. What do you want to do? And Jensen said, Dean's going to keep it in his pocket. And that was Jensen's decision. And I think that's really cool. It's like he doesn't have to wear it. He doesn't even have to carry it. But just the fact that that he decided, and we all know that even if you can't see it, it's in Dean's pocket. Right. What I, you know, I think that's, it's just, it's just lovely. And I like that he asked and I like that he could decide and, and I, I, oh, and where, where has it been? Because Sam, just for Sam to have it, he didn't always have to carry it. I don't think it's been in his pocket for six years. I don't. I think it's been kept safe, maybe in that keepsake box or another version of it. I think it was always close to hand. I think he took, he saved it right away, and maybe sometimes he would carry it. Um, but I don't know. It's small enough to keep in his pocket all the time. What do you think? I don't. It, 
you know, and, until an episode actually addresses it, I don't think we'll ever really know. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think it's very possible that it's been in his keepsake box the whole time and God moved it from the box to his pocket, you know, just, you know, so for the, you know, for the, for this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, you know, I honestly, I don't think we'll ever know for sure canonically until, uh, unless an episode actually addresses it. Mm. Well, I just from, from the expression on Sam's face that I guess, Jared decided, like I said, when, and we both thought he looked a little bit caught, like like he knew it was in his pocket. So it's not like God put it there and it belonged to this keepsake box because then Sam would have been surprised. Like, how did that get there? Because that's back in right, the right. So, like you said, maybe we'll never know if they don't actually discuss it. But I think, I don't know, this next episode, I mean, before Jensen and Jared talked about it, in their in this detail in the asylum, I was really hoping that and thinking that they had to talk about it in the next episode because this is a big surprise to to Dean, and he absolutely asked Sam, "I threw this away, you know. How did you get it back or whatever?" So I maybe we'll still get that conversation in this episode. I hope so. I hope so. I mean, I mean, wouldn't you ask if you were Dean and say, "Where'd it come from?" Yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know, where where's it been, you know, for six years? Um, I mean, I, I definitely, definitely agree with you that um, if Sam had it in his pocket, and it, and it seems like he did, God could take it out of Sam's pocket, show it to Metatron, and then put it back. You know, he is God. He can do whatever he wants. And Sam not even noticed it was gone, you know, at all. And so, yeah, like, well, I mean, he carried it sometimes. Maybe he's been carrying it um, this year. He was praying more towards the beginning. Um, maybe it's a comfort to him. You know, maybe he remembers that supposedly it can find God. Who knows? Yeah, maybe he. But, ooh, maybe he. Maybe he has been carrying it this year in hopes that it would still find God. Mhm. Yeah. And here's another thing: Where did Bobby mm-hmm. get it originally? That's what I want to know. It, how did Bobby get it originally? Because <laughs> yeah. it's a pretty now, special yeah. piece of a, it's a pretty special charm. I mean, can, you know, glows in the, in, you know, glows when God's around. I mean, how many things do that? <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. So, well, you know. <laughs> not many, apparently. <laughs> and not right? all God doesn't want them to. <laughs> right, right. Um, you know, like there's even more than one hand of God, and and so and apparently there's only one of this this amulet. And you know, was it made for that, or was it given that power later on, and it just happened to be that particular charm? I I wonder because way back, way back in the Christmas episode, in a very supernatural, and um, Sam tells Dean when he gives it to him as kids. He says, Bobby, Uncle Bobby says it's special, right? He didn't, wasn't specific, but he said Bobby said it's special. Right. And I always wonder because some fans over the years have said they don't want the amulet to be anything else but something that Sam gave Dean. And I, I thought, well, you know, I mean, they did say in that episode that Bobby told Sam it was something special. I suppose he could have said that you know, just just 
because Sam was a little kid, but, you know, Sam wasn't just any little kid, you know, he certainly had more knowledge and of, um, you know, supernatural things than any other kid, so he would know. And, and so what if it means something else? I mean, it still, it still meant something that Sam wanted to give it to Dean, that Uncle Bobby said it was special and he wanted his brother to have it. That, that doesn't take away from the fact that it was a gift from Sam to Dean. So, right. Anyway, you know, and Bobby didn't say it was special. I wonder, if, did Bobby have any idea? Probably not. Because yeah, I, I, I don't think he did. I don't think he knew. I, I think he probably figured maybe he got it from somewhere where it was a lot of supernatural charms or because he has the anti-possession charms and all that kind of stuff. And he thought mm-hmm. maybe the person who sold it to him or gave it to him said maybe they didn't know. And maybe it's pretty old and, and the actual person who knew even had a clue it was God's is long dead. Or what if, what if, you know, God knows everything and is everywhere. Maybe, you know, it's going to come in handy someday down the line. And those Winchesters, they're pretty important, you know, because I know I'm going to be writing about them and, and all that. I'm going to make sure it gets into the right hands and maybe we'll need it. Maybe we won't, but it'll be there. You know? Yeah. That's a good, good chance too. Yeah. Here's a question. So we know mm-hmm. God touched it in this episode. Does that make it now a yes. hand of God? <laughs> so well, could the amulet amulet then be a big tool in mm-hmm. using it against tomorrow? I mean, they've got God now. So, I mean, really, mm-hmm. how many things do they need? They have God. <laughs> I mean, yeah. You don't just have the hand of God, you've got the entire body you've of God. You've got God, <laughs> you know? right. <laughs> God. Um, yeah. I, oh. Or is it Or is it not a hand of God, but it's like it was like a God finder? Will it always work, or is it like a hand of God now that it's found God once? But then, that, no, not really, yeah. because, because it turns on and off. God could turn it on and off. Mm-hmm. So... Hmm. Wouldn't hurt to have it, and Jensen says Dean keeps it in his pocket. But it sounds to me like it. Well, maybe he's just not saying because it would be a, a spoiler. But doesn't come into play for the rest of the season. I don't well, I don't know. Um. <laughs> and so far, for a change, Jensen hasn't spoiled the end of the season. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's a We're real eye opener. Yeah. <laughs> Remember, it's a real eye opener. It's like, oh, oh. Jensen. <laughs> oh, Jensen. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I, you know, I just love him. I, there's, I'm seeing stuff he said at Asylum that I just love him. I, <laughs> I'm not going to talk about some of it, but, um, not really about this episode, but yeah. Any, but the one thing he does say, because um, ta- people were asking questions, and of course they were talking about this episode, the, the amulet, God, and somebody called out spoilers, and Jensen says, there's pretty much going to be spoilers all weekend, so get over it. <laughs> 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 and I'm like, I love you. <laughs> He's just so, so great at that. 
yeah, it's almost impossible he, not to talk about that episode. So, you know. Hmm? Here's something I wanted to ask you about. The mm-hmm. end, the song that Chuck is singing, the look yes. on Metatron's face as he's reading the new pages. Yes. I mean, it's a very sad song. He's fairly well. It's a goodbye song. The look on mm-hmm. Metatron's face is very heartbroken. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it's almost like God saying bye. And, you know, he's going to leave. It doesn't bode well, and does it? It's, I mean, no. Yeah. It was very worrisome. And I'm like, well, God can't die, as far as we know. I don't think God can die, even though death said he would reap him someday. Well, first of all, death's dead, so if death can die, maybe God can yeah. die. I mean, yeah. I don't know. Or but, yeah, God. I'm worried. Yeah. Yeah. Does God sacrifice himself to be rid of Amara for good? I mean... The and the lyrics. I would think. I would think if God disappeared, if God died, that would be huge ramifications for the world. I would think. But mm-hmm. then again, I thought death being killed would have huge ramifications for the world, and that's done nothing this year. <laughs> that's not affected anything. So who knows? I don't know. Hmm. Um, maybe he, maybe he locks himself up with Amara, or yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like maybe he sacrifices himself a little bit, like you know, Swan Song, which was right. you know, uh, uh, you know, into the cage, Lucifer and Michael and mm-hmm. Adam. <laughs> um, I don't know Adam the, who? the lyrics. Of who? Who? Yeah, I, <laughs> I know. Uh, I remember him. <laughs> no one else cares except Becky. <laughs> yeah, well. poor Adam. Yeah. Um, the lyrics of the song, and I, and I wrote them down because, like you said, they're very sad and they are a farewell. But it says, one of these days, it won't be long, you'll call my name and I'll be gone. Yeah, that was and, the one that got me, that one right there. Yeah, and it's like, because people call God's name all the time, like he mentions in the episode. And it and the way and you said, like, the expression on Metatron's face. And we know, well, Chuck was the prophet, but this is God, so of course he would know what's going to happen. And um, he finally wrote everything down that was real. So it really doesn't sound very positive <laughs> like like and but my god if no pun intended um if you you've killed death and if god really goes away this time because he he disappeared and no one could find him but he was still around because he says you know he says i can make it so nobody can see me if i don't want them to so if he's gone and death's dead what the, what the heck is the world going to be like? Right? Yeah, maybe. Ooh. Yeah, uh, this would be cool. You know, I don't, you know, for those who watched Angel, um, season six, if Angel hadn't been canceled in the fifth season, season six was going to be a post-apocalyptic 
season. Mm-hmm. And what if, you know, because everybody's saying, how, what is, what's Supernatural going to do for season 12 after having God and God's sister? You know, and I had, um, you know, mentioned maybe they do like Buffy did after having, um, you know, glory to hell God. The next season was just three nerds. So, you know, maybe they could do that. But what if next season is post-apocalyptic? That would be mm. really cool. Yeah. Yeah. That would um, be interesting. I know some fans have um, hypothesized that either one or both the brothers will end up out in the empty, that Amara will put them there, and we still have Billy the Reaper hanging back there going, I will reap you, you know, and you will stay dead yeah, this time. But, I was thinking about that, too, because she's really, again, she's not had a real point to being in the show this year. Yeah, unless, you know, there she is at the end. Um, I think it would be cool, and I, I also saw it out there, um, some other fans that, the seasons tend to end with one brother or the other in some kind of terrible place. What if both of them ended up in the terrible place together and then had to fight their mm-hmm. way back? It would be, certainly be another season of brother stuff, which I am okay with. Oh, and I think if they were wondering, if anybody in the supernatural powers that be office, you know, uh, uh, producers, writers, whatever, if you were wondering that a return to the brother relationship this season would not work or would be make it a weaker season or, you know, too, too, too much in the past, I, I hope you know you're wrong. <laughs> you know, you are mistaken. This, it has made the season special. It's made the show amazing again. So that, so please keep the brothers going next season. I would hope that Jared and Jensen maybe feel the same way and maybe have put their thoughts in also in support for that happening anymore because that's something that drove me crazy about the seasons from like six. It was getting a little bit better in nine or ten, but um, as much as I love Sarah Gamble, um, her decisions to keep the brothers apart and and all those other things. I'm like that's and and kill everything. I was like, that's not the show I loved. You know, it's not about them being apart. Or if you have them apart, they've got to come back together. And and they hadn't all agreed and gotten along this season, but there was always a great foundation of their relationship this season. So it can be done. In my opinion, this has been the best season since season six. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it's and for a, se- a show to be in their, you know, eleventh season, and mm-hmm. doing and doing so this good, mm-hmm. right, still writing these amazing episodes. It, it's just unbelievable. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah, so good. And and making like making the the crazy decisions, taking chances. I mean, you know, they could have rested very comf- comfortably in their own version of a supernatural procedural, you know, and, mm-hmm. and not broken out right. of those those boundaries at all. But nope. <laughs> they're 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 making wild and crazy decisions and 
and doing things unexpectedly and introducing God. And so, yeah, yeah, just just go for it. Um, both uh, Adam Glass, of course, is not on the show anymore either, and now Robbie's gone. Um, as is well documented on this podcast, my least favorite writers, <laughs> um, Eugenie and Brad, uh, are still there as far as we know. Um, I'm sorry, they're not my favorites. There was one episode they did this season where I actually didn't find. Um, but on the upside, we still have Robert Barron's, I believe, and we have the new writer, Nancy Wan, um, who I thought's written some terrific stuff. And Jenny Klein. Eric Eric um and, Eric Carmelo and, and her last name is Nicole. Snyder. Is it Nancy Snyder? Nicole Snyder. Yeah. I hope they're still, still around. I hope I they're hope still around. So. They're also terrific. They've written some fantastic episodes, but I remember hearing a few months ago maybe that that I if I'm remembering right that they got a different show. They used to, you know, be showrunners for yeah. Ringer. So, mm-hmm. you know, they I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, that's great for them. But I, if they are indeed gone from Supernatural, I will miss them very much because they've written some some really great episodes and kept us going. I think through the, some of the seasons that were, you know, great. So, but if they can get another writer in their vein or Jenny, like Jenny Klein or Nancy, Nancy Wan or, or whatever, that would be great. I would be okay with that. <laughs> um, and speaking of Jenny Klein, have we mentioned that her episode got a Hugo Award nomination? Right, right. Directed by Richard Spate Jr., written by Jenny. Mm-hmm. Just, my, just My Imagination, which is one of the – another – Wild, crazy, and fantastic episodes in the season. I mean, it's mm. another one of those different. It's a, it's one of those unique, different types of episodes. But it was so good, so well written, so well directed, so well acted. The special effects were so good, and it was just mm-hmm. a great, great story. And seeing it getting mm-hmm. nominated for a Hugo Award, well deserved. Yeah, and that's huge. A Hugo Award, they've been around forever, and they have incredible um, respect and weight, and and that's a, that's just spectacular. Um, it really is, like, you know, you always say, well, it's an honor to be nominated. It really is. I mean, to win would be, like, icing on the cake, <laughs> you know, for it being it's amazing and pretty spectacular. So congratulations to her and Richard Spade and everybody in that episode, that's that's quite an accomplishment. Um, um, we should give out the call out calling number. You want to give it give it oh, out? Yes, yes, it's about that time. Um, yes, if anybody has any questions or thoughts on this episode, you might have one or two. <laughs> uh, here's our call in number: three four seven two zero five nine eight zero one. Um, there was someone who called early on, so if you would like to, if you're still listening, I hope, um, give us a call back. That would be good. Um, let me see. Okay, I'm going to, I mentioned before the podcast that 
I had one and only one nitpick with the whole episode. So yeah. I'm going to give out my nitpicks. So here it is. When okay. Sam and Dean rush, when they rush into the police station away from the fog, the first thing I would do is protect the door. I would barricade the door. And not only do they not barricade the door and tape up the door, Sam doesn't even close it behind him. It's one of those doors, you know, that are slow to close. And so it's like uh-huh. the door is slowly closing. And I'm like, ah, there's a death fog coming. Close the door. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. And, you know yeah. They just let it slowly close. We close and, the door. <laughs> and, and they know what the death fog does. They know from previous experience that it, makes people kill people and mm-hmm. so do they they don't even lock the door you know they you know it's, they, don't, they don't go back and lock the door until later I mean it's, mm-hmm. that's my only that you know if that's my only nitpick that's saying a lot because it's the episode is so good <laughs> but but that one thing that really bugged me it's like ah close the door lock the door <laughs> you know <laughs> No, no, let's not do that. That that might be going too yeah. far. <laughs> let's not get too serious yeah. here. <laughs> I know. I, you know what? I didn't even like. I didn't even think about that. I mean, now that you mention it, yeah, they they were a little too a little too slow, and um, there's something. I but, but I thought, wow, when they caught, when they locked it and they locked everybody outside, I was like, wow, that's that's a decision, you know, and you know there's nothing you can do for them, but it's still really hard to lock the door and leave those people outside because you know what's going to happen to them. It gave me a very Walking Dead feeling, you know, when they, like, lock yeah, up and yeah. the zombies are kind of bouncing off the door. Um, yeah, I mean, before that, Sam and Dean had tried to save people when they were out in the streets and the fog starts rolling in. And how cute was Sam with that little girl? <laughs> oh, so cute! And she reaches, she reaches right for him. I love that she mm-hmm. just reaches right for him. Yeah, and he says, "Hi, sweetheart." I'm like, oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> who wouldn't go with Sam Winchester? <laughs> you know, seriously, you. seriously. I mean, yep, you know, when yep. when he looks and sounds like Jared Padalecki, yeah, you go with yep. him. <laughs> yep. <laughs> And I love how when he picks her up and he's, he's got her in his arms, she puts her little hand right on his shoulder. And you know baby's comfortable when they do that, you know. They just yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. Come on. No, look around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, um, and then you know, he gives her gives her to her parents and off they go. And then um, the, the, there's more townspeople and the deputy and the fog's rolling in. And Sam sees the fog overtake a couple people and he's, you know, you can tell he's thinking about going back to save them. And that's when Dean comes up and he's like, nope, <laughs> you are out of here. We are both out of here. And, um, you know, Sam comes first, <laughs> of course. <laughs> and that's when they run into to the police station. So they did try and, and do what they could for the people. Um, I'm sure the duct tum- the company that makes duct tape is not too thrilled because their their duct tape lasted about two seconds, you know, on the air vents and everything. <laughs> But, you know, it was a supernatural fog from the sister of God, so they should say, well, you know, okay, they should feel better about it because, you know, right, can't right. stand up to that. <laughs> mm. So um, my, my, my 
problem with this episode, and it's not huge, um, but it was something I, I did notice on first watch. It didn't bother me as much the second time, maybe because I just ignored the parts of it that I was like, I thought it was, at first, it was a little too talky, like there was too much talking. Um, again, it was the first watch where you're trying to like listen to everything and figure out what's going on, so it was a lot. And the second time I watched it, I just really just enjoyed the dialogue because I knew where it was going and what was happening. So, But I just thought it was like a little too much, especially at the beginning, not later on, but at the beginning. And then um, there's a ton of meta in this episode, and I like meta, but it was sometimes it was too much even for me. Um, you know, things like I the will agree with dad that. mug, <laughs> you know, like, okay, no, no, but they love their anvils I, and, and the net was a little anvil-y. I disagree with you there. I love the world's greatest dad mug. I love that. <laughs> I thought that was, that was hilarious. <laughs> I thought it was awesome. I actually did laugh but at that the, one, but, but, but that was just like an example. That's like one of the meta things that they did. And, and there's just like a whole list there, you know, like, uh, the Eric Kripke meta was the part that I could have done without, where he talks about revolution. Revolution. Um, and, oh, it'll never work. Yeah, and, and maybe you should get better he, titles. <laughs> oh, absolutely not. But I, I did like that. Cause, um, but, you know, as we all know, revolution did not succeed. It was canceled after the second or third season, you know. So mm-hmm. I thought, you know, if you're going to name, talk about a new project, Talk about the actual one that Kripke's actually working on right now. I thought that would have been better. Uh, um, yeah. <laughs> um, and then I did not like them saying, Metatron saying that he didn't like home and all hell breaks loose. Because I'm like, whoa, dude, whoa. No, now you've gone and, too uh, far. You, ha- <laughs> yeah. you know, you had me on your side. I was liking you till that. <laughs> And now we're back to the beginning. Yeah, when he says that there's right. too much melodrama and all hell breaks loose, I don't think so. Oh, no. Yeah. Home and, then, and all hell um, breaks loose are two perfect episodes. Do not diss yes. those episodes. I know. And but and everybody disses this episode that he mentions. You know, he says, uh, uh, Chuck says, I haven't seen that look on a face since... Um, I turned in bugs, bugs to my editor, and I'm like, but right. I like bugs. I know I'm, I guess I'm in the minority, but I like that episode. There I, are I very good not... things. Yeah. There are good things in bugs. There are a lot of really funny little things. There are good yes. brother scenes in it. Yes. Um, about family and brothers. Yeah, it's like, okay, it's not perfect, and it's early, but I don't think it deserves the vitriol it seems to get sometimes. I'm like, even from the Kripke hates crew. it. Oh, well, Kripke you know. hates it so much because Kripke talks about it a lot. He hates that episode yeah. so much. And he even had Chuck well, Eric, in it previously. You know, back mm. in season five, he had when um, Sam and Dean first go to Chuck, and he said, and he, you know, Chuck's like, oh my mm-hmm. God, you had to live through bugs. And he mentioned, mm-hmm. um, Red Dawn or Red Sky, I always forget. Red Sky at Night, Sailor's Delight. I always forget that name of that mm-hmm. episode. I always get it confused. But he mentioned those two. And those, as, so those are apparently Kripke's least favorite episodes. And mm-hmm. like I said, Bugs has great scenes in it. Especially, mm-hmm. I always think, 
the scene before Sam and Dean go into the college with the skull, you know, they have that great scene outside uh, where Dean tells Sam that John used to go to the college and Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and Sam didn't know that. I mean, that's a great scene. And then um, Red Red Dawn, Red Sky, whatever the red one is with the ghost ship. That, I think, is a really fun episode. I mean, I love all this stuff with the old lady and Sam and, you know, Dean and Bella pretending to be a couple at the party. And, I mean, Mm -hmm. and the whole, you know, Gordon's in it. And I just... No, Gordon's not in that one. I'm getting that one confused with another one. But it's just a really, really good episode. And mm-hmm. I, yeah, Kripke, you're too down on yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know you're a writer, and and sometimes you just you're just like nope, and or things you just really wish you'd done differently. And isn't that the one where Sam and Dean used umbrellas, and Kripke saw it and said yeah. never again. <laughs> Never again. <laughs> yeah. In fact, I think of that when I see like supposedly kind of kind of like you know manly men having umbrellas on other shows, and I'm like, yeah, no, nope, I think of that you're too. Not, I, you're not as manly yep. as Sam and Dean who don't use umbrellas. <laughs> <laughs> I think of that too. Yeah. Um, and it's so tr- it's so true. It's so true when you look at it. Yeah, Sam and Dean wouldn't use umbrellas. They don't care. Yeah. I mean, good lord, they have. They've had so much other stuff on them. What's a little rain, you know? Exactly. Um, yeah. Speaking of Eric Kripke, uh, apparently, and he did tweet, and I'm trying to find his tweet, but maybe it was in reply. That's why I can't find it. Um, but I'll keep looking. He tweeted about, um, yes, there it is. Uh, uh, Rob Benedict tweeted and said, don't hate me, Eric Kripke. I just say the lines, love you. And Eric Kripke responded, uh, Robbie Thompson, um, Good guy that he is, ran it all past me. I wildly approved. And then he said to Rob Benedict, love you too. <laughs> Very cute. But um, so if anybody was thinking or wondering, well, what would the Kripke think about the thing? What would he think about God coming back and all those other decisions? Well, everything was run by Kripke, and he was just fine with it. So that's cool. I, know, I thought that was cool. One of my um, favorite set of tweets from it was either that night or the next morning um mark pellegrino um and rob benedict tweeting back and forth to each other and rob tweeted to mark thanks pal hashtag my son and mark (laughs) pellegrino tweeted back to him i only speak the truth hashtag dad i love that i love that (laughs) reminds me there's some very interesting little conversations about Lucifer in this episode. Because, yes, yes. And they are important. They are going to be very, very important because mm-hmm. we do still have Lucifer um, hanging around. He's actually Cassifer at the moment, um, but he is still hanging around and he's got to be dealt with. Um, so God says, I wrote it down. He says, because Metatron says to God, he's your favorite. And Metatron says, no, no, he wasn't. And the, the thing that I have got to find me exactly was, what he said. Mm-hmm. The part that got me about it was when Metatron says 
every story has to have a villain or something like that. And, right, right. Um, that's it. That's what I was trying Chuck, to think of. Chuck slash God says he was never a villain. Lucifer was never a villain. And he says that you. it was such a dad thing, a parent thing to say, you know, mm-hmm. but no matter how, you know, what bad things your kid do, kid does, you still love them and you don't think of them badly. And it was, mm-hmm. that was totally, it, it, it that, that really touched my heart. I, I, I really liked how you said that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very, very interesting. Like, he wasn't a villain, and what is he? But he, but he also said Lucifer was not his favorite, right? And he said Lucifer, um, but he was right. That, but, but then Metatron reminds him, you know, he was there. He helped you, um, you know, uh, capture Amara. And let me see, Lucifer is not his favorite. Then who is God's favorite? Does he have a favorite? It's kind of like, you yeah, know, you're not supposed to have a favorite have a child. Favorite. He's not supposed to have a child. <laughs> you know, a favorite child, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um, and and it was something, God says something, Lucifer something, and then Metatron says Lucifer rebelled. And now I can't think of the word. It also began with R, shoot. And I'm like, what's the difference? You know, why? Ugh, I can't find it. Shoot. Yeah, he, um, Metatron mentions that when he asked him to bow down to humans and he wouldn't. And right. that's when Chuck, Chuck says, yeah, Chuck says he rebelled and all that. But that doesn't make him a villain, apparently. So, no. Interesting. I wonder if we'll talk to Cassifer. Will he talk to Cass? Because I'm guessing for the end of the season, Lucifer and Cass will be in their own vessels. So I, I wonder... And if it's God that that helps Lucifer going back to the cage, seems like God was okay with that. Mm -hmm. I don't know what happened. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I thought the name of the town in Idaho was interesting. It's Hope Springs. Is it a real town? I mean, it doesn't matter. I don't know, but yeah. You just think of, you know, Hope Springs Eternal, you know. And, and God was there. So, you know, God's Eternal. Yep. yep. Oh, oh, another bit of meta that I, eh, I'm not too sure about. When Metatron says Supernatural was underrated once he finds out Chuck is actually God, he's trying to backtrack, and, and he says, Supernatural, it's underrated. Do for a reboot. I'm like, no. <laughs> Supernatural is not a reboot. No. Like, yeah, <laughs> The original is doing fine. Thank you very much. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, and we must talk about the scene with Dean ironing Sam's shirt. <laughs> oh. 
it was too funny. And, and I love little things like that. I love when we see normal things like that. Like there was a scene like seasons ago with Sam and Dean brushing their teeth and then them doing laundry or, or whatever. So I, I like seeing stuff like this. And, um, but I love that it, Dean's ironing Sam's shirt. And I think Jensen says at asylum, he says, I'm not Sam's housekeeper, you know, um, uh, because he's ironing his shirt with beer <laughs> at starch. <laughs> <laughs> and you see him sprinkle a little beer on the shirt and then iron it. And, and Jensen said he did a take where he actually takes a swig of beer and then spits it on Sam's shirt. Yeah, I was like, well, I'm glad they didn't do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I thought it was kind of funny that he sprinkled it on. And and I'm like, Sam. And Sam gets, gets outraged, and he says, you know, dude, quit ironing my shirts with beer. I'm like, Sam, <laughs> quit letting Dean iron your shirts. Iron, <laughs> iron your own yeah, shirts. Just, just do it yourself. Yeah, then maybe you won't get them ironed with beer. <laughs> <laughs> and I also thought it was cool that Dean's ironing with his left hand. He's right-handed. I thought it's he's either keeping his right hand, I guess, free for holding his beer or holding his gun because you never know what's going to happen. <laughs> and you've got to be ready at all times. So maybe that's why he irons with True. his left hand. Yeah, or it could be just the way the ironing board faces, but I thought it was interesting. Um, but yeah, that was very funny. Very in character. Um, it was wonderful to hear Rob Benson. Rob Benson. Who is Rob Benson? Nobody Robbie I know. Benson. Rob Benedict. Rob. Well, yes, an actor. <laughs> Robbie Benson. <laughs> <laughs> Rob. Benedict, um, goodness. It was wonderful to hear him sing um, because, of course, yes. he had a lot of playing and, and it was just him and a guitar and it was just wonderful and a beautiful song, which you can apparently download for free on SoundCloud in the official yep. Twitter. We, Do we have it? I don't know. And we, have it we retweeted him. Yeah, we, re, we yes. retweeted so it is out there if you want to download it. It's wonderful. I love hearing him sing. I love hearing him play guitar. And speaking of music, this episode had an amazing soundtrack from the Beach Boys to the Rolling Stones. Oh, I love hearing Gimme Shelter because that's one of my mm. favorite ones. Yes. Yes. And then there were some other really good songs in the background that I wasn't able to identify, but I could recognize them, but I wasn't, you know, mm-hmm. that they played in, in the bar. Oh, also, the name of the bar was Bee Gees, and um, on the door, you know, you see the big capital B and G. Those are my initials. So I was like, hey, yeah, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, is there an actual famous bar called Bee Gees Canteen? I, I mean, the closest I, I can come is CBGB's, but. Which was I looked it up and I couldn't find I couldn't find one so I, I you know I don't know. Mhm. Yeah, I couldn't either. Don't know. If anybody out there and does know of one, let us know. Hmm. 
Oh, and Sam and Dean's FBI agents' names this time uh, were from Kansas, appropriately. Okay, I was I not <laughs> state. I, I wasn't I wasn't able to hear them really well, so I wasn't able to get them this yeah. time. I did he say yeah. Earhart? Yes, There's one and, and Greer. Mhm. one, and they're okay. in. Yeah, and they're in Kansas, and Kansas, and Kansas, the band actually tweeted about it, <laughs> which is kind of fun. Awesome. Yes. And speaking Kansas, of Kansas, the band. we'll be hearing that song pretty soon. Oh, <laughs> uh, they need to get yep, Kansas the coming. band, and I know Kansas, Kansas the band is huge. I know, so this is probably below them. But I would love for them to play at a convention. I think that would be so cool. Oh yeah. We need to but they well do be. worldwide. They do tours, mm-hmm. so I don't think they would play at a convention. <laughs> you know, they have their own tours. So. <laughs> yeah. I think maybe for like the, the gym, might, you know, hmm? final. You know, if supernatural conventions ever end, maybe Kansas could go to the final one or something. Yeah. Um, was it Jim Michaels who tweeted them that we've got to get you in an episode? And they were like, yeah, you know, we'd we like to do yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That that would be cool for, like, Sam and Dean to be at a bar or something, and they're on mm-hmm. the stage playing Carry On, My Wayward Son. I mean, <laughs> it, you know, say, Sam and Dean stop for a minute and listen and then go right on. I think that would be cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, they, they that song means something because it was in uh, fan fiction. You know, it was in the play. It was the it was the right. girls singing it. Exactly. So they know that song. So Yep. Be really cool. Um Which again Rob was in that episode too. That was the first time we'd seen him in a long time. That's right. <laughs> he was there briefly. <laughs> right at the end. <laughs> Let me see. Looking through my notes. Shelter. The scene, I can't hear the dialogue, but but it's playing on my TV right now. And there's um, Metatron sitting there. Curtis Armstrong, so amazing. Tears in his eyes showing as he's telling Chuck about how he disappointed him. He left, you know, when he left and I prayed to him every day, the tears in his eyes as he's talking to him. It's just, oh. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, Supernatural is a genre show which never gets, you know, really, you know, any attention or anything, but Curtis Armstrong I, I think especially Curtis. Rob knocked it out of the park too, but I think for sure Curtis deserves all the award mm-hmm. nominations for this. As Rob too, but Curtis just—I don't know—the emotion and everything that he gave, and for him to have been somebody that everybody hated, everybody fandom hated Metatron, mm-hmm. and then in this episode, it's like. I don't hate him anymore. You know, I I haven't seen anybody tweet that they still hate Metatron after this episode. And I know that says that says a lot for the writer for Robbie and for the actor Curtis Armstrong for them to take 
you know, he's been on the show since season eight, and then in one episode, go from everybody mm-hmm. hating him to everybody loving him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, I just, he was making me crazy. You know, he did such terrible things, and then he was a great villain at first, and then he was a little too over the top, and then he just started doing these terrible things. But I did like how he got back to being a villain, but now this episode is, yeah, it was in, the transformation was incredible. Yeah, so he, you know, he killed. I wonder Dean. where he'll end up. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, you know, he killed. He killed Dean. You can't get much worse than that. And yeah. he, people are loving him now, so including me. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I wonder uh, I what will happen to him by the end of the season. Is he still around? That he's never going to be an angel again. I, God said so. Right. I was going <laughs> to say. I love the scene where he asked if he was going to be an angel and Chuck's like, oh, yeah, uh, no. <laughs> that's yeah. not going to happen. And, and Metatron's yeah. like, yeah, that's probably a good call. <laughs> <laughs> I like that Metatron agreed with him. Yeah, that's probably good. Yeah, that's probably a good call. But I wonder what's going to happen to him. He's still around? That's, gonna, uh, yeah, he, he's a human. Mm-hmm. Plus, Curtis Armstrong is always busy. He's always mm-hmm. doing something. He, he He's He's, you know, got a lot of things on his plate. So since he's human, they might, they might, he might die in the fight. And that mm-hmm. frees up Curtis to do his other things, you know, and, but he may survive. Maybe, you know, he'll mm-hmm. sacrifice himself maybe to save God or Sam or Dean or something. Mm-hmm. But the most important, the most important question is what will happen to his dog? I want to make sure his dog's yes. okay. <laughs> yeah. I love that little dog. Yeah, he was such a cute little guy. So well behaved, just laying on the bar. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm yeah. fine up here. You know, don't mind me. Yeah. <laughs> yep. so, you know, I wasn't I wasn't starving or anything earlier. Don't don't get me any food. I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Um, I thought the the conversations that Metatron and Chuck had about Amara, about being the sister, and he says, and there's a lot of issues there for sure between Chuck and Amara because you know he oh, says, yeah. yeah, I'm being and Amara is nothingness, and I would create worlds and she would destroy them, and and. You know, he's pretty angry. So, and I wonder. I well, and they talk about later in the episode. It sounds like Earth is next. You know, because he said so. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes nature just needs to wipe the slate clean. And and before Metatron says, you know, when you did this before, there you flooded the world, but there was Noah and the Ark, so you kind of had a reserve that things would carry on. He said, if Amara does it, there's nothing left. So I wonder, are they headed that yeah, way? Will God step in? Chuck, Chuck even says when they're in the in the forest there, he says, "Well, let's take a stroll then before it's all gone." Yeah. So at that point, Chuck was—I think at that point, Chuck was ready for Amara. Like he said, "Ah, it's her moment to shine." And you know, I think yeah. at that point he's like, <laughs> he's just going to go ahead and let her destroy everything. But yep. by the end, Metatron has turned him around, and mm-hmm. he's going to go and fight her 
but I would love to know what those last pages were. I want to know what he said mm. that put that look on Metatron's face. Because that was yeah. probably his whole plan. That's probably his whole plan stated what he wants, what he's going to do right there mm-hmm. on the pages. Right. And at the same time, he's singing, and he's singing that song where he says, you know, you'll call my name, and I'll be gone. And mm-hmm. it was right kind of like, oh, wow, you know. Um, I like how Chuck mentions that he's um, he cares about the Winchesters. You know, he says, the world would have kept spinning, Um if demon with demon Dean, he says, but no, Sam couldn't have that. <laughs> and it's like, well, you know, you do know the Winchesters, right? <laughs> you know, but not one is <laughs> the other, you know. <laughs> but he, but he loves them, and he's, he's, and he says, I've helped them out, um, and he says, I've put cast back together more times than I care to remember. <laughs> so we got yeah, confirmation says, now I- that it was a puzzle when we. How, like, how did Cass survive? Well, now we know it was God stepping in. He at, his wording, actually, I thought was interesting. He says, I've rebuilt Castiel more times right. than I can remember. And I thought that mm-hmm. was interesting wording, rebuilt, you know. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. I love how Metatron yeah, was, stood up to God so many times. Hmm? What? It, I was I was gonna say it's just a fantastic episode and mm-hmm. I just can't it's just so, so good. It's really making me wonder because we have three more episodes. Three. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and if watching it, I was like, seriously, this is not a season finale? <laughs> I hope we don't wish it was, <laughs> you know, kind of like we right, get to the last right. of Lego. Oh, well, maybe we should have had that. Yeah. You know, uh, that should have been our season finale, season but I don't not, think so. I don't think so either. This season has not disappointed me yet. It's not disappointed mm-hmm. me at all. So mm-hmm. I, I have, I don't think it will have a disappointing ending. Now, I mean. I mean, I like that these these are huge things. I mean, really huge issues, and they're more than like one episode could deal with. So I'm glad they're actually starting the run to the season finale with these episodes, where you're sort of gathering all the players and all the elements and giving giving them a chance to to be thought through and planned. Um, we know, well, boiler, but. Not that much of a spoiler. It's in the preview. They're obviously going to try and rescue Cass because they keep talking about it. So um, I don't know if God's going to have anything to do with it or not. But I think Cass does come back to himself before the end of the season. So I don't think he'll be part of like a Cassifer cliffhanger. I don't know what happens to Lucifer. If he'll He's around and out, or if he just gets banished feeling. back to the cage. And Rowena's still out there somewhere too. She's and Crowley. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I have a feeling we might get Castiel back next episode because all of the mm-hmm. news sites and things are 
promoting it as, you know, you know, the episode, you know, they're on a mission to save Cass, you know, and so that's mm-hmm. what it sounds like. Occasionally <laughs> look for him. <laughs> and, you know, they they talk about him, so I'm I'm guessing they're going to try and find him and rescue him. Um I wonder where they're going to go next season because we've had God's sister and God, Lucifer came back, Rowena, Crowley. Who the, who's going to be the big bad next season? <laughs> well, you know, like I said, I, I would, I could totally see it being, you know, like a, you know, some, a regular yeah, A real apocalyptic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A post-apocalyptic thing, you know, I think that would be that's if I have a vote <laughs> I'm going for post apocalyptic. <laughs> mhm. But yeah, I don't think my vote counts. But <laughs> <laughs> Well, it could be. Um that's why it'd be interesting if again, it's usually seasons usually end with one brother or the other in some horrible situation. What if both brothers were in the horrible situation and they spent part of the next season getting out? You know? Right. In the empty. What's the empty like? Maybe the empty is an empty. It's kind of like a firefly in black. You know, what's beyond the black? So Mm -hmm. maybe it's something like that. Maybe they'll have to fight their way back from a really completely different, strange environment. And... You know, if if God is part of the reason that Amara is put away again and he goes with her, kind of like its own version of being locked away in the cage, what will the world be like without God? Maybe Amara well, people even know he's and God. God get, yeah, maybe Amara and God get locked up in the in the empty. Hmm. Because what people notice. God wasn't there because because there's I a mean, whole chapter in God's autobiography that says you know prayers and why I don't answer them. <laughs> so, yeah, <'cause> they <laughs> yeah, they they haven't noticed that he hasn't been been here for a while. So yeah, so hmm. um, like there was the epi- there was that episode um, when Castiel was human and he went to church and the woman was praying and Castiel was telling her that there was nobody listening and she was like that's not what you know you got to have faith you know and she explained it all to mm-hmm. him so mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, what have we talked about I think we covered about? it <laughs> I, yeah, I I'm looking. I mean, it. yeah, I mean, there's still so many questions. Um, again, I thought it was really cool that it's Metatron that talks God, Chuck, into saving the humans. You know, uh, he mentions, mm-hmm. I think it was the mention of, you know, he says, yes, he says they're toxic and they do terrible things, but they also, you know, create things and make art and music. And as I think when he mentions music, because God tells, Metatron earlier that music is everything you know music is the most important thing 
And right. she thought it was cool because at the end, God sings. You know, he says, music's the most important, and at the end, God is singing. So, I, yeah, I thought that was really cool that he talked him into it. Again, you know, how on earth did they get us to the point where now we're liking Metatron? Pretty amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, any any other news? Any other things we need to let people know? Um, we talked about the Hugo Award and nomination. The phylum's going on. Um, there's plenty of reports. If you just catch their Twitter tag, I think it's Asylum16. Um, a lot of good stuff going on. If you like to I, read convention reports. Go ahead. I I can't think of anything that we've missed. No big news this week. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, sorry. But maybe we covered everything. I don't know. <laughs> we can't have covered everything. <laughs> God, that episode was huge. Um, well, I'm excited to see where we're all going in the next three episodes. Um yeah, I can't wait. And if it's if the season finale, if there's a cliffhanger, if it's as great as this whole season has been, it's going to be a tough summer. <laughs> sometimes oh yeah, it's easy, you know. Sometimes it's easy. You're like, oh well, you know, we'll see them back in the fall, and you know that could be cool or whatever. But this one, hmm, if it's if it follows with the rest of the season, it could be a tough summer. Mhm. Yep. All right. I guess we're good. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Um, Thanks for tuning in. Uh, We have three more episodes of the season. They're going to run straight through, no breaks. Uh, So there will be three more podcasts (laughs) run straight through, no breaks. Um, And uh, um, even more exciting good stuff to talk about. Thanks, everybody, for listening. You can find uh, everything you need about the show, news, um, what's going on with everyone, activities, etc. WinchesterBros.com. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at WinchesterBros, WinchesterBros.com for all the news. And if you have any questions or comments, you can certainly tweet us and we'll do our best. Um, we are a fan site, but we'll do our best to help out. And I think that's it. Great job. Thanks and for listening. And good night. Let the boys play us out. Hey, I'm Jared Padalecki. And this is Jensen Ackles. And you're listening to Winchester Radio.